Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Investor Lab. My name is Goose. And my name is Charlie. And today we are talking, we're taking a little introspective walk uh, down how things might be different, how things how things might have been different or what we would have done differently if we knew what we know now. And let me rephrase that. What am I trying to say here? If I knew then what I know now. Absolutely. And so, Charlie, Charlie what's your biggest takeaway from this episode? How similar our lists are, yet how different our backgrounds are. So I find it so fascinating that they've led to the same place. We both think very similarly, if that's the word, or similar, similarly, we'll go with that. But we both came to the same conjunctions. I really think there was a huge alignment in our views now about what's important, even if you are a variety of different uh, walks of life. How about you, Goose? Yeah, I, I agree with you because I thought it was quite interesting because the, our, our, our starting points, say 10 years ago, let's say in the early 20s, wildly different starting points, wildly different mentalities, wildly different worldviews, and that, that slow convergence to a similar understanding of what could have and should have and might have been, I think is really, really fascinating. Who do you think is going to benefit from, benefit from this episode? Well, I would like to think it's people probably at the start of their journey or earlier in their journey will probably get the most, but just as equally, I'm sure someone who's trying to do more or wondering what the next phase is could definitely work on some of the things we mentioned in this episode to improve areas of their life or get a better result in business or real estate. Yeah, sounds good. Well, if you are looking to change the way you see the world, I think it's going to be a really interesting episode if you're starting. But I, yeah, I, I agree. This could be for, for, for a variety of people to get a, a fresh perspective on how to change their environment and all of that kind of stuff. There's a lot of good good takeaways in there, plus some interesting and, and funny insights and stories into into both you and I. So I think this is going to be quite a quite a well-received and, and fun episode for you to listen to. If you want to uh, access more of these episodes and if you want to access free resources, tools, guides, and all of that kind of stuff, just head to theinvestorlab.com.au. And of course, if you want to make contact with my little self and talk to, talk to us about uh, investing in real estate and doing all of that fun, fun, awesome stuff that can change your life, there's a contact form on theinvestorlab.com.au. So just reach out there and we'll speak to you really soon. Without any further ado, let's get stuck right into it. See you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. You're with your pals Goose and Charlie. Charlie, how are you today? Absolutely excellent. This is actually my first podcast of the year, and I'm so thrilled to is be doing it. Really? Yeah, I was just needed some time off the uh, microphone to recollect my thoughts and ideas, and just have a break with it. It can be tw- quite time consuming and intense, as I'm sure you would know. So yeah, it's been really nice to kind of regasp and just do a whole heap of thinking. In all honesty. And can I ask, has anything changed? Because your your whole world is podcasting, right? You that's the primary function of the of the business that you run is is helping businesses to grow using podcasts. So has anything changed in terms of the strategy that you're you know that that's has anything as you're coming into 2021? A lot of a lot's changed, right? And I want to use this episode as a bit of a retrospective to look back at you know what we might have done differently as well. But moving into this year, is anything shifting in the way that you're you're approaching podcast strategy. Definitely. In a huge way. I'll give you a, a broad level example here because I think this applies to a lot of businesses and property, funnily enough, as yeah. well, is that it doesn't say still at all. Like the things we used to do years ago don't work now and the things that become newer start to work. So the way I think about it, 2020 was a massive change year in podcasting because of the events that unfolded. And as the masses moved into podcasting, which was great for business, so did the investment in technology. Mm-hmm. So across the year, we started to see that a lot of the providers we use started investing in better software tools, 
better strategies, new platforms. Yeah. And all of it is kind of coming to wake now, except we haven't tested it or tried it. So what I actually do spend time on and I really spend a lot of time thinking about is I'll try a new tool or strategy or suggestion, really dig into it and then make the discernment of is this something we want to roll out or potentially roll out? Because for my business to be successful, much like yours, if my clients are successful, well, then it's really easy to have a great business. Yeah. But if they're coming on board and their shows are crashing or having a bad time or not having a good experience, then they'll uh, drift massively. So the big change I would say last year was that video became a lot more popular. Like yep. the short clips that we were on top of became a huge part of the marketing strategy. And then what I see coming now is that basically organic social media is just dying and people are hating it. And I think means of acquiring and looking and finding new people are going to become the big thing this year. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's you know a lot has shifted. Like in the very short period of time between uh, last year and this, a lot has changed. You know, a lot's changed about the way uh, people are showing up in the world, what they want to do, their goals, their aspirations. You know, there's all kinds of different socio-cultural changes that I see happening. A lot more people are starting to leave social media platforms, which I find really interesting. Um, has it you changed know, you know. your behaviors? So I noticed for me, not to interject here, but it's like I basically spend no time on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm, and I spend way more time on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I don't I try not to spend any time on any of it. I've got no problem with YouTube because I see that as an education platform where I can go and seek out a video of something that I want to learn from. I typically don't learn from videos. So for me to sit down and watch a video like that, it's a bit of a bit of a commitment for me to do that. So I don't find myself actively cruising around on YouTube. I actively do not go on Facebook. That's the thing, right? So I have deleted the apps. I've got the the newsfeed blocker. I don't. I just don't go. I don't go in there. I check it periodically uh, for about ten minutes every few days, just in case someone sent me a message that I need to respond to. But aside from that, I'm out. Like I don't. You know, I don't. I don't go on there. And the thing is. It's, um, I was talking to someone about this the other day, and it's a similar effect to when I um, started sobriety for the first time. You know, you start sobriety and you're like, okay, cool. It's a little bit of a um, little bit of a shift. You got to, you know, you're getting used to it, and you're sort of like trying to your your, your old habits are like, oh, do I just go and like, do I, am I just going to check and all of this kind of stuff? But then what happens is over time you see a, a compounding benefit. It's not just like, hey, uh, it's good from day one. It's like at that month three, you're looking back and you're like, wow, I have less anxiety. I have more productivity. I have greater clarity. I have better perspective. Um, I have more gratitude. I'm more in the moment. My relationships are better. I'm, I'm, it's, 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 it's insane. It's like, it's a, it's a really freeing thing. And, and it's like, it's a real life shift. And I don't want to, I don't want to understate that actually. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's more important than most people realize. So. Hugely so. I think Scott Galloway said it best. He said that, um, Social media has done to us what they feared video games would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, video games seem to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally. Right. So, but aside from social media, so yes, the 21 has changed uh, changed our trajectory. I'm, I'm super excited, right? So I think the next um, five to seven years are going to be a golden age for property investment. So for me, I'm like... I'm loving it. You know, it's we're we're investing heavily in um, innovation and and technology, and just like because just like you, the success of our clients is the success of our business. 
So the best thing that we can possibly do is continually invest in uh, getting better outcomes, better results, better service, better like improve the business. It's not enough to go, can we grow the business bigger? We can ne- we never want to grow faster than we can maintain excellence, but we don't just want to maintain our current standard. We want to continuously improve it. Right. So our goal is to our goal is to transform the way people in Australia invest and to be the number one property investment company in Australia. So that's that's where we're going. Now to do that, we need to be on the leading edge, and that's what we're investing in. It's super exciting. You know, when you're when you're in that position where you're leading and not following, it's it's very empowering. And and yeah, I'm stoked with the like <laughs> our clients just keep getting better and better results. I had I had someone email me the other day. And they were like, I'm not sure what's happened here, basically, but um, it looks like my property's just grown by 17% in the last 11 months. Um, is there any chance we could go and buy another one that's just like that sort of thing? And it's like, it's it's exciting when you get those kind of results. And I think we're even going to be entering into an even better period uh, over the next few years. Incredibly exciting. Yeah, totally. Anyway... What are we going to talk about today, Charlie? We're going to have a bit of a retrospective because we were chatting on, we were chatting uh, before the show, and we were saying, look, what would be different now about your property and business journey if you, if you knew ten years ago what you know now about property and business? What would you do differently, or what? And and not just what would you have done differently, or what would you have thought differently? I'd like to hypothesize around how things might be different now if you could take that knowledge and transplant it backwards. Oh, that's such a good question. And I love this because someone might be at the start of their journey and it could be a bit of a shortcut for them. Exactly. That's exactly why I thought this would be a great topic because everyone's at different stages. You know, you and I are at different stages of 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 life, business, property, all that kind of stuff. And and so ha- just for someone starting out, but even someone who's maybe not, even someone who is further ahead might go, oh, I haven't thought about that like that. And maybe I can start implementing it now. So I think it's a really good way to, to inject. So I want to start with you. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you would have been how old? 22. 22. Okay. So if you knew now, if you knew at 22 what you know now, what would you have done differently or, or where would you start with that thought? So the, when you asked this question to me, the first thing that came to mind looking back on my own time is that I was playing such a short-term game with short-term people. Yeah. I want to give an example of context is at that stage in my life, practically all I was thinking about was how do I buy a house for myself to live in? Mm. That's a very short-term goal. Like I was trying to get to that point and I was willing to do uh, any type of business that would get me to there, not thinking about past that. So where I kind of look at it now is like it was so short-sighted in pay the bills, feed the machine, only interested in relationships or people that or projects that would facilitate that. And I think that was a huge mistake. Why was buying a house such a big thing for you when you were buying a home? Why was that such a big thing for you when you were 22? Because on the one hand, you're saying you're playing a short game and all of that kind of stuff. But most 22-year-olds are just you know living hand to mouth and just going to the pub and they're not thinking about buying a house. You know, So why, why do you consider that to be playing a short game and why was that important to you at that point? So for me, and this is just me, a couple of things happened in my... Um, I won't say upbringing, but these are like my junior adult years. Mm. Uh, one of my friends was gifted uh, business. Um, and what I mean by that is he was a, a carpenter and his boss was retiring and he was passing it down. So when I say gifted, it was like a handover, take over the work, I'm out of here, you've been a great thing. And in theory, this was like a working business, a highly profitable business, had great, all these things in place. Uh, and in summary, not to dig into the story, my friend bankrupted it through mismanagement and lost everything. Um, and it like destroyed his relationships. And like, I'm watching this and I'm just like, 
I really felt for him, but I saw the turmoil of a guy that was basically like he would would have been in his late twenties at this point. He was substantially older than me at this time. But he was gone from this height of pinnacle alpha male killing it, got his business, things are working out. And I really thought how lucky he was to like bottom of the barrel, back living with mum and dad, uh, couldn't ever own, or I think he couldn't own a business for five or seven years or 10 or something like that. I don't know the rules, but it completely transformed him and like went from like pinnacle of health and optimism and great person to the pit of despair. And for some reason that lit a fear in me that I was like, right, it went from this uh, abundant mindset of what was possible to just get a house and pay it off, just get a house and pay it off, like play yeah. it safe. And that became the thinking and rationale behind that. So that's that's where I got very focused on that. I'll also mention I started full-time work at 16. So even though like we're 22, like I, it wasn't like I was fresh out of a uni degree or anything like that. Yeah, like right. I finished a plumbing apprenticeship. I was qualified. I was making good money at this point in my life. Yeah. Okay. It kind of makes sense. It makes sense. So if you knew then, okay, so that's what you were doing and that's where your focus was, how might things have been differently? If you were back then at 22 and you were at that point in your life and you were like, okay, I've just watched this guy completely stuff it all up. How would you have thought differently about that situation and what would you have done differently? Yeah. So to answer, it's like, how would things be different if we kind of look at it in a different lens now? What I wish I had done or what I has, had really gone to is found good mentorship. What mm. I, I wish I'd gone back and said, look, this is the, like I kind of knew the end game. I think everyone knows their end game in some ways. You know, there's a financial freedom aspect. There's a family aspect. And I wanted to make sure I was setting myself up on a path to that. And I really wasn't. I was playing from a fear game. So rather than being focused on just getting the house and pay it off, I would have gone, okay, well, where are the people in my life that have achieved something that I'm trying to head towards and how can I learn from them and start setting myself up to play that game? Because there's huge points. It's like, you know, if you bought the right property in the right location when you were 20, you could have won, right? You could have won the whole game of life right there if you'd just strategically known the perfect answer at that time. And I'm not saying that's possible, but that's the way I would have focused because that skill later on, so by the time I'm in my late 20s, my whole game shifted where it's like I look to a result, I'm like, who's done it? Where can I find them? What do I have to pay to know this? Yeah. Like that's the whole approach to doing anything at this point in my life. So I go to have that mindset back then to that longer game in view would have been dynamically different. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. Okay. So you would have, you would have sought out more mentors to, to give you better perspectives, to make better decisions. So you were a plumber at that point. So you hadn't started. So was that your own business? I, I think I was crossing worlds. So I think yeah. I was plumbing by day and I was internet marketing by night. Nice. What would have changed about the way you approached business? Yeah. So again, it was like all very focused on like, how do I make money this month? Mm. So I was very much looking for silver bullets, quick wins. How do, how do I do this? Fall, falling into every hype internet marketer claim on the internet. Yeah, it's an yeah. automated system. You can't fail. You're going to make money while you sleep, Goose. It's easy done, you know, like it's easy done when you have a desire, when you have a desire and also a little bit of fear and someone says, oh, you don't need to be afraid anymore. All you need is this. It's just like, you know, as a part of the psyche that just goes, yes, yes, I, I know it's probably too good to be true, but what if it's not? And, you know, and, and oh my God, yeah, the amount of money that I've spent on courses and all kinds of different uh, things, you know, like you always learn something from it. So it's never wasted money, but it's like, 
it's yeah, it's a it's a funny mindset. It's an interesting thing that that playing a playing a short game because I think that that's that's probably actually one of the biggest problems that I'd see most people um, um, making, particularly people in business, right? So particularly people in business, I see them playing a very very short game. You, they're not thinking in 10, 20, and thirty year cycles. They're thinking in you know thirty day, ninety day, hundred and eighty day cycles, uh, and they're going, oh great, if I if I make X amount of sales this month, I can go and buy a car because that'd be cool. And they're not they're not playing that long game. And I really think that's I know that when I was in my uh my early twenties, in fact, all the way up until my late twenties, I guess for a little bit of context, I um I was in a motorbike accident when I was 14 years old and I I broke my back, right? Pretty, pretty badly. Um and I kind of at that point went, oh well, like I don't even know how long I'm, I, I had that brush with mortality, not in a depressive kind of way. I didn't really get down about it, but I had this thought. I was like, well, it could all be over in a minute. So I just had this mentality of just living for the moment constantly, just constantly as just like near field as possible. And to be, my, my exploits and adventures for the next 15 years from that point were uh, were wild, right? So, like, I had a lot of, I did a, some amazing and crazy and crazy stuff. But everything was thought about was was with this context of live today, like you could die tomorrow, and just go hard. So I didn't save. I didn't. I was like, what do I need to save money for? Why would I invest in my future? There's probably not going to be a future. I probably, I don't know. I might not even make it till I'm thirty. So why would I? So why? funny considering what you do now. I know, I know. Polar opposite. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I know. So and 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 so up until God, I would say up until I was about, you know, 20, 28, I was just it was it was what's now, what's in front of me. How do I how do I how do I juice the most out of the thing right now? And I never cared about um I never cared about saving money. I never cared about any of that kind of stuff because I just figured I'd work it out. I'd always been able to work it out. So I so I was so like I was like, it kind of just didn't matter. I knew that I could survive. Um, you know, I've always been a survivor. So even if I went, got completely broke, I'd be fine. I, even if I became homeless, I'd be fine. So I always had this idea that I'd be fine. So there was no reason to not take risks. And there was certainly no reason to plan for the future. But it was this short game mentality that when I then got into, you know, once I actually started to realize that that wasn't serving me and I actually might live and actually life's pretty long. Then there's heaps of way more fun stuff that you could do if you just plan it a little differently. I started going, oh, wow. Okay. Now it's time to shift gears and play a different kind of game. So. Oh, it's so, so interesting how these uh, moments shape us, like these actual moments. It's not um, necessarily like, you know, weeks or years of events that come into it, although they do play a role. It's yeah, like these distinct things that happen. And I'll just shed one more little story on this because I think it highlights it. So when we're going to buy our first house, this is me and my partner, uh, B, uh, there was two houses we looked at and one of them um, was substantially more money, right? But again, this is where it's like, you know, not knowing and not playing a longer game. And then one of them was less. And my mindset and attitude was like, well, we'll get this one we can afford so that we're, we're okay and can pay it off more quickly, versus the other one, which I look at now and I still see occasionally, um, I didn't realize it was on a block that was subdividable. I didn't realize that maybe being closer to the ocean would probably grow quicker. Mm. And if you look at the trajectory of those two properties now is like the difference in that with a bit of knowledge and long-term thinking would have been dramatically different at starting the journey in the first property. But, um, you know, you look back and these are the little things I laugh at now, but it was still a phenomenal thing. 
But I'd ask you the question, Goose, like if you were looking back and uh, questioning this whole idea of 10 years ago and what you wish you knew or what you would do differently, yeah. where does this list kick off for you? Yeah, it's, it's a good one, right? So um, if I if I could transport my experience, knowledge and everything and go back, so I'd, uh, I'd, be, I'd be around about 24, okay? So, but even if we just sort of went back and said like roughly the same age, so when I was like 20, um, I... I'd probably do, there's a few things that I that I would do. So firstly, I would I would want to start faster, right? Because I was always kind of I want to say start faster. I mean start try, try more things. You know, don't be afraid to. I, don't get me wrong. I've always been in business for myself, and I've always pushed the boundary and always tried to achieve quite a lot of stuff. Um, but I think that when I think about starting faster, I, I, you know, I, I would have put more money into my future. I would have started saving. I would have started. Uh, investing in property, I would have, you know, even if it's just like in index funds or something, because I didn't even understand the power of compound growth. I really didn't even get it. I had no idea. I was just kind of like, you know, houses are slow, old, complicated and boring. Why would I want to do that? Um, and I just didn't really understand any of that financial, The the I didn't have any financial education. So I didn't really understand the benefit of that. Um, so with a little bit of hindsight, I would have started that process a little sooner because my life would be wildly different today if I'd invested a little bit of time and energy and effort into understanding that and starting that process sooner. I would have encouraged myself. Well, you're up there for a second. I'm yeah. just very curious about this. And I'll, I'll, uh, from my own perspective, I was very fearful around money when I was yeah. in my 20s. I was quite scared of it. Um, I had a fear. I was like uh, not having enough. And like, I think much like yourself here is like, I wish I got a bit more educated earlier. Yeah. How was your mindset towards money at this time? How did you feel about it? Or you were just so in the moment from your perspective on life is like, you were just easy come, easy go or? Yeah. Have- m- money's, money's the only, uh, it's the single tradable commodity in the world that you can always get more of. So who cares if you keep it or not? Because there's always more, you just get more, which is a great mindset to have in some ways. And yeah, that I was going to say, I like it in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. It's a great mindset to have in some ways. But when you couple that with a, um, like, and it's true. It's like, it's a fully abundant mindset. And I've always had that. You know, that's been part of the reason why I'm like, well, I don't need anything because everything exists in the volumes that you want it and need it. You know, like you always, everything is as it should be and you can have everything that you want. So, but that kind of disturbed me as well because I was like, well, if there's always, if I can always get more of it, you know, like there would never be a moment if I had no, if I was down to my last hundred bucks, I'd I'd spend it because I'd be like, well, I'll just get more. So I, I don't know, something happened, I'll just get more, which is great from an abundance mindset perspective, very bad from a financial uh, well-being perspective because I had no, respect for it. I did not care about it. You know, I grew up, I grew up not really having any money. And then when I made it, I had no respect for it. So I was just like, out the door, what can I spend it on? I've always been very generous as well. So I'd be like, you know, I'd be the kind of guy that would take all of my friends to the pub and spend my entire paycheck in one night paying for everyone because I just want everyone to have a good time. And then I'd just work it all out the next for the next week. And that's kind of the, so I had no respect for it, which was a really, you know, uh, it, that that's that's probably the the biggest inhibitor. You know, I, I had no, I put no value on on keeping anything. I, I I figured there was no no value to have anything. Uh, no belongings, no nothing. I didn't. I never bothered to. I I I was happy if I could carry all of my stuff in one bag, and I didn't have to have for for many years. For about ten years, I didn't have a sing, uh, permanent address. So I was like, why do I want? I wanted to be as free as possible with as few things as possible. It was great. Gypsy lifestyle going. Oh, dude, it was it was it was pretty awesome, but it just really didn't serve my future. You know, it was great for 
10 to 15 years whilst that was happening from an experiential point of view. However, you know, 10 to 15 years in the context of an 80-year life is not really, it's not the whole game, right? So, so there's a few things. I would have, uh, I'd play a longer game. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say don't have those experiences, but I would have apportioned some of what I was doing with a bit more forethought and played a longer game. Um, and I would have started investing in myself earlier. I didn't really have any idea about personal development and everything. Like I did, I was, I was a big, I've always been a big reader and I've always been pretty, you know, uh, motivated to push myself. But in terms of actually really doing, like investing in personal development and doing some of that kind of stuff. I only really started that a few years ago. And that tr- that changed my life, changed my life in the way that I was thinking about my goals and my visions and what I wanted to achieve and who I wanted to be. That's what really gave me perspective is when I started doing that kind of stuff. And also I would have encouraged myself to dream a little bigger because I think that as much as I was, you know, I had a company in three continents, I was flying all around the world for 10 years. It was like, it's not like I was sitting around doing nothing but I don't think that the context of my, the way that I was thinking was, was as big as it could be. You look at someone like Elon Musk, right? Now, when Elon Musk was growing up, he didn't know what he wanted to do, but he said, I, I want to do, I, want, I know that I either want to do something with the internet, uh, something with energy or something with space, right? That, that was his three thoughts. And he was, he was thinking pretty, pretty big. He's like, don't know, but I figured gonna, that'll be the biggest ways to change the world. Now, Interesting. Interestingly, he's so introverted that he got a job offer at um, Netscape, but he was so uh, introverted that he couldn't get up the courage to go to the job interview and and accept accept the job. So he just never got a job at Netscape. So he just went and started his own company because <laughs> it was easier to do that than it was to go get a job at Netscape. Um, but you know, but but his the way of his thinking now now look, he's got SpaceX, uh, Tesla, and. Um, uh, and and Sky and Skynet, right? So he's got all these he's got all those kind of factors going on. That's thinking bigger. And when you can think bigger, you can play a longer game. I was thinking big but short term. I was like, how 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 bright can I burn this fire as fast as possible? Like burn. I'd rather burn out than fade away. So now I'd, I'd shift I'd shift gears on that and say, well, actually, let's play a forty year game and let's 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 think wildly different like could i own a spaceship i don't know like, i don't know maybe maybe in 30 40 years maybe we can own spaceships maybe i can fly around the moon myself you know and it's having these kind of thoughts that actually encourage you to to think a little differently about what you want yeah that's a huge one i love that one it's a really interesting idea yeah totally the other thing is i would like to impart is that a big mistake that i think a lot of people make and this is something that i say to myself every day a little mantra is that life was meant to be easy and business was meant to be fun, you know? And I think that we get told constantly that life's not meant to be easy and it's a struggle and, you know, you know, life's tough and we just get told all of this kind of crap, right? Um, and I think that one of the things that I've always believed that's actually done me well, if I'd combined some of these, the things that, that did me well, like an abundance mindset and these kind of thought patterns with some longer-term thinking, I think I actually would be in a a very different position today, but it's this idea that that life is actually meant to be easy. And the only thing that makes it not easy is the way we think about it and the way we perceive it. And so if it's if life's not easy, it just it's our responsibility to just shift that a little bit and make it make it so. That's what I believe. Yeah, that is such a good mindset. Yeah. 
yeah, I think my mindset's always done me pretty well. But back to you, Charlie. Like, so aside from like, um, you know, seeking out mentors and all of that kind of stuff, how do you think your life might be differently? Like, if you you've, you've now learned a lot about business, right? You've thought about you've you've changed the way you think about business. Play a longer game. You're you're much more strategic, less reactionary. Um, you've now discovered the wonders of property investing and the and the the beautiful synergy that that business and property have together. If you were to, if you were able to transport that that scope of knowledge right now, go back to when you were in your early twenties, how how different do you think your life would be today? Dramatically, what would you okay. be doing differently? Give us can you paint that picture to paint the picture of the future? Okay, so I think I, I'm going to go through a, a few things here. Is that I've been around long enough now, all 32 years, right, where I've seen a technology. <laughs> oh, man. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but I've seen a technology change in the world. And you have too. You've lived through the era of the internet becoming a thing. Yeah. Right? When I was in my 20s, I didn't quite understand how technology played a role in taking over the world. Mm. Um, it's always done it, right? It's not just this one. Just, you know, if you go back in time far enough, electricity was the technology. The car was the technology. Like there's always a technology that's moving through. Um, and the point I make with this one is that I, th- I think I wasted a year trying to get into industries that were already established where there was very marginal gain avail- available. Mm. So I was like, for example, and of course, please ignore Tesla, although they've got a, a thing here is like, if I was 22 and trying to start being a car manufacturer, conceivably that market's already being developed. There's infrastructure there. Like it's very hard to compete against Mercedes. Mm. Right? So I spent time looking for opportunities in established industries where the win was going into the internet because no one had worked that out properly yet. The bigger, more profitable, abundant opportunities were available in the areas where technology was developing. Question. I agree with that, right? So find the things that people aren't doing yet and exploit new opportunities. But how do you know whether the that opportunity that you're looking at is a is a dead end? Or is the future? You know, for example, I remember years and years and years ago, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to become a hemp farmer, industrial hemp, uh, and I was like, oh, it's going to be the future. And then I was, you know, it kind of just, I never, I never got started because again, I was thinking too short term. Um, and now look, it's a huge multi-billion-dollar industry. But thinking about this from a property perspective, you know, there are some things that seem like good ideas um, that people can start doing, and then can to run, can run into headaches down the line because they haven't thought through, you know, what is the total industry impact, and like, how, how do you define these opportunities and, and go, okay, is this the future, or am I just am I just chasing an edge case where it's actually not going to get me anywhere? That is such a good question. I've, thought, I've actually thought about this a lot, right? I think about this a lot. And just to give you an idea is that I caught an early wave in eBay, right? Yeah. Accidental, but I caught it. I was one of the first people in Australia to like offer services in Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Again, caught a wave, like the opportunity was there. And then it's kind of like, and then podcasting has been the latest one. We were doing outsourced services. Playing on those edges perceivably has done really well. But what I don't often share is how many things I failed at in between. Yeah how many ideas didn't take off. Now, my view, and this is purely opinion here, is that you are better off spending your time working out what ideas will and will not work in bigger opportunities than trying to work out how I can make a successful car industry already established from there. I think your potential upside, you might be safer in established industry, but I think that the potential gain navigates any possible real development. How do you balance that with the essential needs of now? So, it's like if you had, if you were like, 
okay, I want to start a I want to start a business, right? Let's say say someone's listening to this and they're 22 and they're like, okay, cool. I want to start a business. Okay, and I'm better off spending the time to try and work out what you know, where I can position myself better in the front edge of demand than to walk into an existing industry. That might take a while. It might take six months. might take, I don't know, it could take a while. So how do you balance that between that long-term thinking and the short-term thinking between the essential needs of now and going, well, I've got to put food on the table, right? How, because that's, I think, where a lot of people get stuck. They go, I know that this might, you know, <laughs> you know, this might not be the best thing, but if I can do it, I can make some money and that'll feed me. And then someday later, I will get, to the big vision and that never happens because you get stuck. Completely. So um, I'll speak to what I what I did and how I approached it and then I'll also talk about picking things. I think that to be a pioneer, like a true pioneer, really is a terrible idea, right? Mm. The, the majority will fail, right? So can you imagine being the guy that was trying to pitch the world the internet? Like just how hard it was to navigate that conversation of, right, it's like these computers that can like talk to each other over the phone line. <laughs> Um, like it would have been really difficult to kind of conceptualize the idea. And I think there's been so many examples of that, but once the internet was there and it was already taking off at a massive load and you could see it, you could then be safer to assume that this was somewhere to spend your time. So I think being on the bleeding edge is actually not a good idea for most people. I'm sure there's been some incredibly successful uh, people from it, but that's not where I'm looking for Mm. where I've had my wins is going, where is success for me? And we're kind of out of that base of traction and it's heading into like a massive amount of growth. Mm. And uh, to give some examples right now, I look at this and go, okay, car industry, probably done. Electric car industry, definitely worth some attention. That's where mm. you can see, we can all agree that that's where it's going. Yeah, totally. So that would be one from there. And then conversely, I look at this right now and you see things like, I, I don't know enough about crypto or anything to do it, but for me, that's still too speculative. Like it's not adapted at a world level yeah, where I can say, okay, well, there's businesses using it. So I'm not quite there of saying this is something I'm willing to trade all my Australian dollars in for or anything like that. So it's like that would be too bleeding edge. It might be for other people's appetite and the rewards are potentially bigger, but so is the risks. So I, I would very much be navigating it there. Um, the other ones I'll really look at is where are governments spending an absolute crap ton? Yeah. Because, you know, if they're saying, well, and I remember Australia releasing this, we're spending money on space. I'm right. If they're if they're going to spend hundreds of billions of dollars on improving technology for the space industry, right? And Elon Musk's into it, and there's all these things like they're the signs where I would look for going. This is a place where there's potential for immense amount of gain. I don't see them coming out and going like at a government level, right? We're going to spend ten billion dollars on improving the way we cook fish and chips. Mm. I just don't see that. So for me, that's not where potential gain is or opportunity is for me. Um, so I look towards those things as well. Now back. To your point or question about like how do you how do you fund these things or get about it? I mentioned earlier in this like I was working as a plumber while I was work, doing this stuff at night. Yeah. So I created a buffer to try things, um, and I think a lot of people are looking for this like guaranteed safe path of okay, so right, I have no savings, uh, I don't have anything going for me, I'm not willing to work on skills, but I want this perfect bridge where I don't have to take any risk to jumping into a new opportunity. And I'm like, well, it doesn't kind of work like that. Like I saved. 50 grand, I went on to lose it in my first year of business, I will also mention. But I saved that buffer to be able to do that. Um, and I think so that's... How, how, much your, how might your perspective on, on failure be different? So because back then you were very like, uh, I don't want to fail, like I want to get a safety net, safe house, safe, you know, safe, 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 right? How do you, how do you view failure now and how, how might that be different? Do you, do you feel like you need to 
uh, fail fast, fail forward, or do you say, actually, no, just avoid failure and stand back and make more calculated decisions? What's your thought on that? So uh, I'm very risk adverse in general. Mm. I may not perceive it from what I get up to these days, but I have always been. So even in what I've said here, how many people do you know that were working five, six hours every night while working full-time plumbing just mm. to navigate the risk of failure, right? So I would never have jumped from my job straight into eBay with no buffers, not having uh, income from other areas because that pressure would have been too much for me. It would have caused analysis paralysis. It would have caused me overanalyzing it. Like I would have been literally too scared to make a mistake because I had no experience. Keep in mind, I'm a 16-year-old that dropped out of high school to do a plumbing apprenticeship. Um, you know, I only know how to write with one of those big tradie pencils at this point. <laughs> I, I refer to everything in millimeters and yep. everyone's mate. Well, that's the <laughs> that's the context <laughs> of my life at this point. And yep. I'm now running a logistics business and selling things on the internet. Um, so it's like, for me, that jump was immense. So I wanted to create an environment where it was a better place to fail. Now, knowing what I know now, like I still stand by that as being a, a good decision for me to be able to make that jump. I didn't have kids or partner risk and I always could go make money in plumbing. So I, that's the way I kind of looked at it from there. Now, my perspective on failure and fail fast and all these things, there seems to be a whim of people that like take pride in fucking things up instead of thinking. Mm. And it's like, I just go, a lot of the failures that happen could have been avoided with education, mentorship, and actually thinking through what you're doing. Like a lot of people go, oh, actually that was a terrible idea. And then conversely, a lot of people are way too scared to do anything and then they never take any risk. Like risk is a part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective because it is a balance. I think it's a balance. You know, I, I again, this probably goes back to a little bit of um, from through my history, but I've never been afraid of uh, failure. I've never seen failure as, as you know, failure specifically. I'm more just like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Move on, you know, because... I have a firm and robust belief that everything will be fine. Like even See, I don't. <laughs> I yeah. find this so fascinating in differences here. It's like, not to say I was fear-driven, though I definitely was. And it's like very conservative and it's like I, I admire your um, ability to live in the moment at such uh, embracement. Yeah. It was at it was at the edges of extreme, but but the problem, the problem with the problem with that, and I'll acknowledge it, is that because I don't like I don't have a fear of failure. It's like you know, the, like you know, the, I always take every decision. We sort of talk, spoke about this on a previous episode, I think. We, like I take every decision. If I have a big decision where there's a lot of risk associated with it, I always follow mentally. I'm like, what? Let's go to the end point. What's everything that could go wrong? And eventually, if you go far enough down that train of thought, it ends in death, right? That's what happens at the end. If that's that's when everything go wrong, and I and I always get to that point and go, am I am I okay with all of these things happening all the way up to death? I'm like. Uh, yeah, it'd probably probably be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so the problem, the, the problem with that thinking, the problem with that thinking is that it sometimes doesn't put any throttles on because you're just like, oh well, what's the worst that could happen? I can live with all of that. So, <laughs> which is really, which is good and bad because it allows you to seize a lot of opportunities. Um, but sometimes it's it's a little too risk uh, tolerant. So well, that's two questions here then. And so one is like. Looking back, you know, in the perspective of this episode, where do you believe failure plays a role and how do you think about it? And then two, I'd love to ask this question because how are the influences around you playing a role at this point? And do you, how do you think about them? Because I'm, I'm very curious about this because for me, clearly I have some conservative influences around me. I know yeah. I did 
And I'm like very curious on the idea of like, were the people around you just like, I don't know, did they go to work doing monos on their bike, just one hand off all day? And like, I think you've touched on a really interesting point, like the people that are around you. So I, I, I deliberately sought the edge, right? I, I, I've always sought out the edge, which is actually serving me really well now um, because um, now I think I play a much longer game. And, and in terms of like risk management, there's personal risk management and then there's other types of risk management. So, for example, with real estate, I'm always thinking, okay, what's the second, third, fourth order consequences? And I always like to think about those second, third and fourth order consequences and, and understand that. And I want to manage that because I don't want to fail. I've failed really badly before. Um, I have failed to the point where I, I almost lost my uh, ability to remain optimistic. Um, you know, it got pretty, it got pretty gnarly, and so that was enough for me to go. I don't want to fail like that anymore. I don't want to do that, and I don't want that for anyone else. Like, I don't want anyone to have that experience of hitting really like the the complete. I found the edge. I found the edge, and prior to that, I'd always tried to seek out the edge in different ways. I'd always try and push harder, go faster, take more risks, find that edge. And I naturally surrounded myself with people who supported that behavior. Um, so to that degree, my, the people around me weren't weren't saying, aside from like my parents and stuff, weren't saying, hey, dude, slow down. Hey, dude, think about your health. Hey, dude, have you thought about you know saving? Have you thought about this? No, I just had people around me going, yeah, you go harder. Woo. And um, that fueled my my desire to seek out the edge. But as I say, like after after a decade or so of that, I actually, you know, I, you know, I made some mistakes. I made some mistakes in business and I went, I found the edge of failure and I found, I found that edge on that front, on an emotional front. I said, I, I don't want to do that again. That's not, that's not what I want out of life. So for someone that's not at that point yet, how do you feel about knowing what you know now, if someone's 20 in their early twenties, is that the approach you would navigate again? Or would you go, okay, it would be better to seek out better influences because that's something Seek I out better influences for sure 100% 100% and I think there's a few things there's a few things in there you need to seek out a diversity of influences right so you know you might want to have some you know uh, vegan yogi who talks to you about your inner peace you also might want to have some capitalist you know serial entrepreneur that is encouraging you to do that kind of stuff too you'll want you're going to want to seek out different influences because for me, I surrounded myself with an echo chamber that told me that everything I was doing was really cool and fun. Uh, and it turns out it was pretty detrimental. And if I'd surrounded myself with different people and gotten different perspectives, it would have shaped my life very differently. And I probably would have avoided failure. So now I think it's in the middle. You know, now, now I'm like, if I could go back and share what I know now, I'd share the fact, I'd share the fact that, that living, living on the edge is not going to get you to the destination. You're more likely to fall off the edge. And really, if you start thinking bigger, playing a bigger game and a longer game, you don't want to fall off the edge. You know, you want to experience life. You want to experience the, the the abundance that can actually exist, not just the theoretical abundance that you can always have more of everything whenever you want it and it's all good. You can actually get to a point, but you have to surround yourself with different influences. You have to seek out different opportunities and you have to, I think, invest in, in those things. Invest in mentors. Invest in you know, people who've walked the path, investing people who actually care about your well-being, not just uh, feeding their own egos. Mm, that's a solid one. Now, I know we're going to get pressed for time here, but I would I'd like to do an, uh, like a very direct question. If there was mm -hmm. one thing, one of the topics you could look at in your 20-year-old self or 22-ish-year-old self, what, what do you think the most important thing is to adjust or focus on? 
<sighs> Me, from when I was 20, what, if I could tweak one thing, what would it have yeah. been? It would have, I think, been, I think it would have been personal development. So, and when I say that, what I mean is actually actually walking that path and doing, I don't know, going to Tony Robbins or doing something like that. Because I think what that does is that allows you to start to think in a bit of a different way about who you are and how you want to show up in the world. I think that would inform, that for me was the start of informing uh, the choices around that, that I was making with money, the choices I was making with the people around me. So I think it would start with uh, self and I think that would inform a lot of other decisions. And again, I don't regret anything that I that I did, but if I could have 50% of the things that I did and have 50% of a more risk tolerant, save, plan for the future, invest in real estate. I mean, if I understood real estate like I know now, if I actually understood the power of real estate back when I was 20, my life, I'd be radically different because I would have understood what that could do and I would have understood what the level of freedom, choice, and abundance that can deliver. And I've always wanted to, to seek out the edge, to seek out the edge of something else, seek out the edge of experience of abundance, seek out that. And I think that that would have really shifted everything. I remember my brother telling me, oh, you got to invest in bricks and mortar. And I was like, dude, why would you want to do that? Sounds dumb. <laughs> and so I just didn't understand it. Um, so for me, I think it would have, it, it's, a, it's in and around that piece. Because I was never stupid. I think if I just had a different, if I was given a different perspective or if I invested in finding that different perspective, it would have shaped everything massively differently. And those two things have been the biggest things for me, personal development and personal development and then understanding the mechanics of real estate. It was a it was like a door opened. It was like I found that was a real transition moment for me where I went, what have I been doing with my life? That here's somewhere where I can actually help others. This is huge. That's so awesome. I think that's very helpful people. I'll, I'll share my two, not that you asked, but I will share that. No, I was about to, but go on. <laughs> Dismiss it with you. Um, absolutely. For me, on the business front is the technology thing I mentioned earlier. I think that was a really, really important thing to understand was the role of technology and what I believe were there because I that's where the biggest opportunities are in what I believe. And then yeah. second one, which I think is probably more important than what I just mentioned, was the who you spend your time with is I huge. definitely mismanaged my network. Um, and not in a bad way, like they were fun people, but I didn't realize the impact they were having on taking me away from where I really wanted to go. Yeah. But it's sometimes hard though, because you don't know where you really want to go. I, I didn't even know I was on a journey, to be honest, right? Yeah. I'm trying to wake up and work it out, where I, like having the intention of forming people that are around where I want to go or just in the general direction, it doesn't even have to be specific, but to hang out with people that I deem successful on the path that I was going on would have been far more beneficial. So yeah, I was driven from a young age. But you can't see the forest for the trees. And this is kind of the, the, the point though, is you can look around and go, oh yeah, I think all of my my inner circle, I think they're all really cool. I like what they do. I think they're good people. And you might not actually, you might not be able to see the forest for the trees. You've somehow got to, I think you've got to crack something open where you say what what's what's what else is there. I think that's the hard part because I, I totally agree that you need to surround yourself with the right people, but actually understanding whether you need to change it. I thought all my friends were awesome, you know, like... <laughs> But, was, but you have to sort of crack open a new way of thinking to be able to understand how to seek out those new opportunities. Definitely. Sweet. Well, this has been good. It's been fun. It's interesting. I want to go think about my thoughts now for a long time. After. <laughs> awesome. Next time we catch up, uh, next time we catch up, we're going to dig into some more, um, more property related stuff, I think. Let's do it. So let's do that. Awesome, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again.